From Breaking Bad to Calling Soul, agents led by Son of Call. Oh, Game of Thrones, who's the next to die? House of Cards is full of lies. Supergirl just flew on by. We're chilling, watching Netflix. How much time's gone by? We're talking TV. From suits to supernatural. Talking TV. Blacklist and the Rebels. Sherlock's Big Bang with Orphan Black. True Detective bombed at second crack. The Walking Dead. Arrow and the Flash. Get into Geek. This is Marvel TV. We're talking some S.H.I.E.L.D. We're talking some Gifted. My name is Mitch. Joining me, Matty Gibson. What's up? As we do each and every week, we'll uh, yeah, be discussing uh, Marvel's two TV shows. I mean, they're not connected in the same way that like when we talk about DC, but it doesn't matter. It's all Marvel. It's all TV. And uh, we'll get to the X-Men a little bit later on. And there is a little connection between these two episodes, as slight as it may be. <laughs> That's why we're calling it the Von Strucker episode. So uh, let's get into S.H.I.E.L.D. episode 13. Uh, Principia? Um, Principia? Principia, there we go. I'd already Maybe? forgotten. It hasn't been long since I watched the episode. Principia, um, we open this one up, and I say Von Strucker early because we open up with the son of Von Strucker, who was introduced in, I want to say, season two? I was really confused because for a second I was like, oh, that's Ward's little brother. Cause mm. wasn't, and then I was like, wait, he's not? Yeah. What? It's been so long since I've watched, like, pre-season three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so hard to remember all that stuff. Yeah. So yeah, for a long, I was like, oh, that's Ward's little brother that he used to give shit to. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't until about halfway through this episode when General Hale refers to his dad uh, as Von Strucker and having worked with him in Hydra. And I'm like, oh, that's right. It's old mate with the uh, spyglass from uh, yeah, Age yeah, of Ultron yeah, yeah. that, you know, was promising to be massive things. He was introduced in the post credits of Winter Soldier and then he's just sort of killed off screen by Ultron and I'm still pissed about that but whatever <laughs> only because I love that guy and his German accent he's so he's he's uh, he's awesome yeah. but um, and then who did we get we got like a poor man's Von Strucker back in season 2 it was like was it Whitehall? Whitehall, that's Whitehall. The, yes, yes, yes. And he yeah. had the, he had the weird glasses as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Circular. It was, it was a thing. It was the a guy, whole thing. He had the German accent in the forties, and then because he could live forever for whatever reason, he mm. had a perfectly formed American accent by you know twenty fifteen, which is finally oh, hey, acceptable. Romanoff but... did it even quicker than that. She oh. didn't need eternity, so <laughs> she did arguably <laughs> didn't never had it. And why they've <laughs> never referred to that in the movies, I still don't know. It would be a fun nah. little addition, but maybe they're saving that for the spinoff. We'll uh, we'll see. I think the one moment in this one that. Um, um, that actually got me a little bit was Yo-Yo waking up and remembering and like forgetting that she had no arms. I was like, that's, that's gotta be pretty rough to kind of wake up and, and want to like rub your eyes and go, Oh, I, I can't. I've <laughs> yeah, got numbs. Yeah. Oh no. And that heartbreaking thing, like everyone's like, I mean, she's getting annoyed at Mac trying to help her, but Colson's there going, no nah, man, it's going to be fun. Look at me. Can't and she's like, yeah, but how does it feel? And I'm like, Oh mm. shit. Yeah. Okay. And then Colson has to be like, I, I like his honesty and that he's like, yeah, it doesn't feel. Yeah, it does suck. But you know what? You're going to get over it. You're going to get fine. And and then she, you know, had a crack at uh, back at uh, at Mac because he's like, that's not the parts of you that I love. And as an audience member, I'm like, Whoa. oh, don't write that because someone out there's. And then it was Simmons. He goes, oh, Mac, you're getting saucy. You know. So <laughs> I like that they were they were reacting honestly. It was like they sort of had a line and they just ad libbed. You know. And yeah. Then, and it, it really worked. Like that's what I love about this show is these guys. This this cast has been together for so many years but not even like any other cast where they're part of the same show for years. 
this cast basically share every scene together. Yeah. Which is very rare for a cast of five, six people. Like, I know Yo-Yo is, is relatively new, and even Mac to that What's extent. That was Mac. He was, what, beating a season two, beginning of season three? three yeah, because like you had that crossover between he and... Uh, Trip. Trip, right? And it was almost like the show's like, oh, we can only have one token black guy. Right. So we we'll, got to we'll kill... put them both up and we'll see which one the, the audience likes more and then we'll kill off the one that they don't. Yeah, yes. it was almost, at the time it was almost like kill off the one that they do because Trip was a bit of fun. I loved Mac, but he was such a hard ass, whereas Trip yeah. was a little bit, he was he was a bit funny, he was a bit jovial and they kill him off and that was kind of like, it made you hurt a little bit. It was bit, the but, shot axe. But now... The shot axe that put Mac over the top. But I Mac, reckon. yeah, absolutely. Now Mac's there and I'm like, don't you, don't you dare take nice guy Mac. This guy doesn't even or, cuss. as I'm going to call him from now on, Mac Hammer. <laughs> Mac Hammer, yeah. Oh, mate, Jake, is Jake Boosie? Is that who this was? His old mate from yeah, Shield? Yeah, 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 like, yeah. I haven't seen that guy in a long while. In saying that, I'm pretty sure he's got a role in the upcoming Predator movie. Oh. Um, yeah, so he's in it. He's an old school Shield guy. Like, yeah, and Mac Hammer. Um, Mac, Mac Hammer. Hammer and Candyman. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, bit of fun. There's flying ships. There's all kinds. Oh, man, this is a uh, this is a fun episode. <laughs> this is a bit of everything. The, the ship was a stretch for me. Yeah. Only that it's been up there for years. Yeah, how, how long did you... It's been floating for years. Did you get the idea it was once, like, Winter Soldier type time? Like, once Hydra sort of yeah, had to go yeah, and yeah. take some shit, right? And that... They got struck by light. Like, see, so it's been... Like, 90s. Since the 90s, basically. Oh, right. See, I was thinking it wasn't until, like, a couple of years ago, like, Winter Soldier type events. Oh, yeah, maybe. But either way, you're right. Like, that's what I've written as. So, how is at least one plane not spotted a that plane, before? Satellites. Tony satellites. Yeah. Normal satellites. Yeah. Anything just <laughs> I mean it looked cool. It yeah. looked, it looked awesome. amazing. It's a giant like tanker. But almost. I was like, if it had happened last week, yeah. I'd have been fine with Absolutely it. Absolutely fine. But potentially years, <laughs> I'm like, Ooh. And it's not always surrounded by clouds. Like there's a good chance one day it's gonna be floating over a school right. or a city and someone goes why is the Titanic floating in the sky? Like it's just it's yeah. a, again, it looked awesome. Come the end of the episode where they got back onto the Zephyr and it was like a bird's eye view of the Zephyr, and then you just saw this ship fall to real gravity and fall through the, that looked fing mm. cool. Not as cool as the waterfall feature from last week, yeah. but still just a really did cool they, effect. Did they check to make sure everything underneath them was clear? I did think they, that there for a, me just a cursory glance. Yeah. For me, it was just like, sure I were. guess we're just over an ocean. Is We're fine I mean, with the, that, right? There's, there's hopefully no big, like, you know, cruise ships <laughs> just doing a transatlantic, you know. Now, how do they work that out? Because when, when, when Deke come out and goes, hey, man, it's Gravitonium. Have we looked in the sky? And they say, absolutely. You know what? We need to work out when it went missing and then work out based off winds and blah, 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 where it may have gotten to. And I'm mm. like, how do you work out how the wind would push a fully-fledged oil tanker through the sky. Like it's Fitz one Simmons, mate. Yeah. It's Fitz Simmons. Well, it's Fitz Simmons. But do you know what now. do you know what tracks all those wind patterns and gusts and stuff? Satellites. Yeah. Satellites <laughs> that would have detected the ship in the first place. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Look, it, it, you know it's, <laughs> the uh, the weatherman. There's an incoming gravitonium front this week. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, sorry, I we've been saying Fitzsimmons. It's actually Simmons Fitz. Like, I like that they, for the, almost the first time in five years, they've played with the idea that they're 
mutually exclusive surnames make up one other surname. Mm. Um, and the fact that she's like, oh, we should hyphenate them. And he's like, yeah, Simmons fits just really rolls off the tongue. And they didn't even follow <laughs> it up with like a Fitzsimmons sort of thing. So Yeah, and their their grandson, or as I like to call him now, Scrappy-Doo. Scrappy-Doo, yeah, fair he's, cool, fair cool. He, yeah, oh, my he, God. Oh, my God. I can't unsee that now. Yep, he's the Scrappy-Doo of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> That's how I'll only see him from now on. <laughs> Apparently, I was reading, it's on my phone somewhere, but it'll probably take me forever to find it. Apparently, the reason that Deke is still in the show and they keep writing it is the the crew and cast, well, the cast mainly, fell in love with this actor. Mm. He was actually originally cast as Virgil, the guy who, who died in the first episode, oh, the right. guy that, that, um, that Lincoln knows. Dennis Agdenis. Um, but they liked him so much, they switched, switched the role and kept bringing him back. Because, and the reason he's come back to the past with us now is because um, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. crew, and also well, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. cast, mm. like that actor so much. They want to keep working with him. How tough is that? Like, he's a character from the future. They're having to rewrite fictional science mm. just to support the idea of an outside show cast member. <laughs> but right. again, look, power Which to makes you. me think, they've, again, they've, they've never really arced out the entire sort of season the mm. way I like the Whedons to do normally. Yeah. So, yeah, he was definitely never going to be their uh, Fitzsimmons grandson like when he first appeared. That's obviously no. something they've just written in later I wonder, on. Like, I wonder why. Like, I mean, that's a, such a big stretch coincidence type thing why they would bother writing in that detail i mean mm. it's got to mean something eventually but uh, as we were saying last week well they almost had him find out in my mind uh that he was related to simmons uh, and fitz straight away like he had that vision of his mum when there were you know other fear dimension creatures getting around and she had that quote and i think i've got it down properly that the steps you take don't need to be big they just need to take you in the right direction which i actually really love that quote like it's yeah. a really cool line that's right, and then Gemma says it to him, and he has this weird kind of like yeah. See, straight away I thought because he's the vision of his mum said it, and then the had the vision of the Cree, and he kills the Cree or whatever. Um, and then I thought when Simmons came in to see him before he had that um, epiphany about the uh, gravitonium, I thought she was going to say it to him in that moment, and I was going to be like. Okay, coincidence, whatever. I'm happy to accept them. Like even the fact that he is their grandson and why he was just happened to be one of the few people left alive, you know, of humanity when they went to the future. Blah blah blah. You know, it's all written prophecy bullshit. But the idea that he would have a vision of his mum saying it and then immediately Simmons would say it in front of him to make him realise. Mm. But they they made you wait. Yeah. Um, and if this was not to you know pile on, but if this was the CWDC verse, the way it would have been written was. Um, Deke is actually like his own grandfather, and he's <laughs> and he's got to break them up so that he can sleep with Simmons, uh, my get, old grandpa, yeah, to get her pregnant with him and split them up. Like it would go to that total melodramatic, oh, over the top version. Man, have I got it. a movie you need to watch? Then oh, look out! Yeah, uh, not DC related. Um, the other okay, the other thing then, uh, and while we're talking quotes on that too, there's a really cool little quote. Uh, from the episode of Gifted, which we're going to talk about as well, but I'll save that for when we actually talk about Gifted. Um, so those random agents that showed up with Deathlock uh, last week and went to the wedding, they're just part of the team now because like, they were flying. You right? Know. Would 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 Deathlock not be like, okay, I'm going to take my guys with me when I go? They seem to yeah. be like this little crack team of commandos doing their own kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, why would he just? Oh, you can have. Oh, yeah, you can have that one and that one. They're, and they're kind of the the least, you know, yeah. important ones to my team. You can have them. And they're obviously like right in the shit as well because you had um, uh, Jake Bruce's character who used to be in the makeup, obviously. Uh, with he was in the academy with Mac, 
But then you had these agents that were there when they were flying towards the flying ship. And he's like, holy shit, man, you guys see this sort of shit all the time? And then one at a time, each of the main cast members all said, yeah, 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 you know, pretty much. And the guy that was flying the ship that only showed up last week was like, yeah, 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 all the time. I'm like, what? Hang on, hang on. What? Like, if you're if you're in the mix this much, like, what we've just got you on, as part of the team mm. now? Are you going to be cannon fodder next week? Like, how long are you sticking around for? Where's the Where's the May 2.0 shorthead chick that was you know that, that oh, betrayed Phoebe. him a couple of weeks ago? You know, yeah. Like, I, I forgive her already. That's fine. She's doing it for the right reasons. Mm. Get her back on the team. No, nah. no, I want her back. She's mm. a bit of fun. No, I still want. <laughs> um, I still think that I. I still want to get rid of Yo-Yo and bring back um, the Melty and Human guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was cool. Yeah. Because he didn't want any of it. He was like, I don't want any of this. Yeah. So he would have been like, to me, he would have been like the Lethal Weapon guy. He was like, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> like through the, every episode. I'm getting too old for this shit. I'll melt it, but I'm getting too old for this shit. That would have been a cool little, like when they were stuck in the middle of that ship and they go, if we touch the Gravitonium, the ship's going to fall. And a Melty guy just like touches the roof yeah. and creates like a massive hole and then the ship drops around them and they're just like float. That would oh, just... I was he could just melt a little like ball around it and then you oh, just carry that, that, that around. That could you know? Oh, shit. See? See? So many possibilities. Right. Hey? Speaking of powers though, Ruby, she's got to have some kind of power, doesn't she? Well, she's got quite like, a good aim. Well, the fact that she can take out Yo-Yo's arms in super speed mm. and here she was throwing her Xena ring into that dartboard. Now, yeah. I don't care how sharp that Xena <laughs> ring is... For it to go that far into the dartboard, yeah, it's not like she's like a super ripped Ronda Rousey. She's this little tiny like sixteen year old girl. She's Buffy, yeah. But you know, she's got to have some kind of inhuman, superhuman power, something to be able to do that kind of stuff, and for me to be able to buy it, yeah. Like I think for sure, yeah. She's yeah. got to have some kind of power because yeah. I'm just like. And then the interesting thing about her is, you know, she's kind of chatting with Eric a bit. So do you think? She's working for her mum playing Eric, or is she really working with Eric and they're going to play her mum? Well, that's my, the interesting part about that character for me. My go to was when her mum said, okay, don't F this up. You know, you know what you have to do. Her go to was to be honest with him and say, hey, look, she wants me to play you, but that was part of the play. Like, mm. she's like, but it's then all is about that seduction. The play? Well, maybe, maybe yeah, it's, it, it's, it's going to, yeah, double, triple, reverse thing. Like, yeah, but I mean, and at the same time, when she went in there, and like she said, she's been stuck there for years. So she's like, she's a hermit, basically. Like, does she even properly know how to seduce someone in that way? Or are men just that pathetic? That well, <laughs> like, it wouldn't be very hard for this... Uh, yes, uh, admittedly beautiful young girl to go up to uh, young Von Strucker and be like, hey, maybe if we do this and just like caress him on the leg a little bit. And he's just like, ah, Don't you think she also like, would have been, you know, excited to have breakfast with somebody for a change? Well, there's like, that too. Why be yeah. such a dick about it? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't like, I don't like it. Maybe she's much. Just, just used to just like soldiers being around and she just kind of has blinkers robots, on. Robots, man. And, she's always having to deal with robots. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, so any any kind of human contact. But yeah, I, I mm. don't I don't know at this stage, but at least her mum was revealed to have been, because up until this point, she's just a general. She's just looking for the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's kind of yeah. like um, uh, old mate moustache. Talbot. Um, Talbot. She's just like Talbot 2.0 where she's hunting down the agents. Obviously, she killed two of her own mm. people 10 episodes ago, but um, at least they revealed her now as, oh no, she you know, has been part of Hydra or worked with Hydra, you know, yeah, back before I think they... Yeah, because didn't, in uh, Rewind, didn't Fitz and Lance kind of say what that particular division, the one that they infiltrated with the ferrets was her... Yeah. ...was her little base and stuff like that, and they did, they did talk about what kind of little subsection that was mm. of, of, you know, 
evil research or whatever it is they're yeah, doing yeah, yeah. Within, the, within the Air Force. So, yeah. yeah. Very interesting. All right, well, uh, that's uh, that's our shield talk for Prince... Principia? Principia, yeah. Okay. You sound so much better than I do. Principia? <laughs> I'm like, like Principia. It's like, that's <laughs> not a sexy name for a ship. Principia. All right, well, now let's talk uh, some gifted... Episode 8, Season 1, of course, Threats of Extinction. Just doubling up on the Struckers this week. Different versions of them. That's it, the Von Struckers. And I think, because we'd, we'd mentioned one of the earlier podcasts when they, it must have been Episode 1, and they said Strucker, and I said, well, hang on, I'm not a big like Marvel Comics Universe sort of, you know, knowledge encyclopedia or anything, but I know the name Von Strucker. Mm. And has that got anything to do with that guy? But why... If it is, why not keep it as Von Strucker? But if it's completely separate from the Von Strucker character that we have seen in the MCU, then why give them the name Strucker when it's so similar? Like, why not change it a little bit? But mm. obviously, now no, I guess they the just yeah. So I know these characters, this actual family, like Reed Strucker and his wife Caitlin, who I'm just learning her name after eight episodes. Oh. I've been calling her Amy Acker the whole time. Me too, <laughs> which is fair enough, and I'll probably still continue to do that. But they're like. <laughs> They're new, like characters to the X Men world, and uh, some of the mutants are as well. But yes. the fact that they're Von Struckers does that actually, and and the um, the the Fenris twins, uh, yeah. his uh, his grandfather and his twin sister, do they then tie into Baron Von Strucker, who we know at, not obviously through the MCU, but in the comics, do they tie into that guy? I that believe so. Yes. Yeah, cool. yeah. The original Fenris. Yeah. And I think this is a nice take on getting away from the MCU stuff and still being able to tell that kind of story by making them like the grandchildren or the great grandchildren mm. of the Fenris Strucker twins. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah. It just, as, it just distances it enough that it's not, it's not too confusing then. You're not going, yeah. Oh, where does it, even though like, obviously it's got no connection to the MCU. Yeah. It's got, if anything, it's got a little bit of connection to, you know, the Fox X-Men universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that they've just kind of distanced it enough to make it fresh. Mm. And it's like, if they were, if it was going to be the Von Strucker Fenris twins, it's like, well, you can predict where that's going to go. Yeah. But because it's their great grandchildren, it's like, okay, so they've got some lineage. We know what kind of things they can do if they combine their powers. But in terms of narrative, yeah. completely fresh. We yeah. don't know where it's going to go. And I really like that. Yeah. I think that's a really fresh take on And that's what this whole series has done so far, just put a fresh take on familial characters. Mm. You know, characters that... It's not the main X-Men. It's just those sort of second and third tier characters yeah. mixed in with some new creations that just sort of makes you go, oh, I think I know where this is going. Oh, no, I don't know shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, I really like that. And I, I really, really like, like just that. even their prologues. That you know, obviously, we're going to show you this now because it's going to be relevant for the episode. But they, I don't know, they, it doesn't feel like a forced prologue. Oh, by the way, all of a sudden, this is an important thing you need to know. It's just like, yeah, here's this thing that feels like it naturally happened. You know, whether it mm. is this, which seems like a pretty big deal that these two twins were getting around, but it's not like, oh, we would have known about them for the first seven episodes of this season if yeah. that, if they would have planned for this in in the writing room. It's, no, not, it's, like, it's not like those two are going to show off and be the main villain of the season. No. You yeah, know, it's yeah. just a little bit of history. Mm. And then obviously, to me, it makes sense because the mutant gene is passed down. Mm. And it's like, well, if Reed and Caitlin aren't mutants... Mm. Well, some of their ancestors have to be yeah. for the for um, Laura and Andy to be mm. mutants. Does it still act as like it, it can still be a random thing though, right? Like 
there could be a modern mutant like one of the kids or one of the mutant underground that we meet right now where they are the first mutant in their lineage like I, that I can think still so happen. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. so yeah yeah because that's obviously how sort of it started, sort of mutancy started and stuff yeah. like that but nine times out of ten you know if you're going to be seeing the parents and the children in the TV show from a narrative point mm. of view there's someone's going to be a mutant sort of higher up mm. and and what I love is the fact that Reed of all people turns out he was a mutant yeah like, Which you know what I know that we're we're recording um, this you know obviously after it's uh, it's actually aired you know by uh, by a couple of weeks obviously but um, at the time of watching this episode I had only a day earlier read a tiny report and I'm trying to read nothing about season two because I haven't finished watching season one mm-hmm. and we got it here in delay anyway in Australia so yeah. it's a bit tough to avoid it all as it is but they had a uh, a bit of a story saying that Reed will develop powers or something in, in season uh, two. See, well, I was they, hoping they wouldn't well, hinting, do that. Like, hinting, like, the, the, well, will, it was more like, will Reed develop powers in question? But the way that it was presented as a question maybe was making it as a statement for me. And for yeah. me, not having seen this episode yet, I'm like, oh, really? Why does everyone have to be a mutant? But then you watch this, it's like, oh, no, his you know, father was a mutant, his grandparents or grandfather was a mutant, his kids are mutants, so he is also too. It was a, um, a, a cured, for all intents and purposes, yeah. um, mutation, but it will probably come back because you can't, you know, deny it completely. So yeah. it made me feel better about that news, but it's funny, like you, I guess, working reverse, that you would obviously watch this episode before I just spoiled that for yeah. you and I apologise. And maybe they won't do it. Maybe it literally was I a... I hope not, only just because I find it would be a convenient sort of writing device in terms of... He has no memory of being a mutant. Mm. He was cured. He has no memory of it. And it's like only now that it's revealed he has mutant children and he's been with the resistance for a year or whatever it is, then suddenly his powers start to come back. Yeah. I'm like, can they get away with it with like massive emotional trauma? Obviously, we see that a lot with either mutants develop it through puberty yeah, or maybe. massive emotional trauma. Whether it's it, it is like a death of somebody or like in the in the ways of Andy being bullied at school and that sort of thing. I suppose, yeah. He's obviously under a lot more. He was always very controlled, you yeah. know, in his job working with Sentinel Services. Yeah. So, yeah, it could be the... I mean, he's been yet- through some emotional shit yet. Like, surely if it was going to come by emotion, it would have already happened by now. But only now we've found well, out Well, he hasn't mut- been in any huge, like, high-stress situations where it's all relied on him. Like, a yeah. few weeks ago, he and Andy and uh, Eclipse were sort of hiding in the back of the truck. But it was all an Eclipse to suck all the light out of yeah, it. And he yeah. was just kind of there. So, maybe if there was that high-pressure moment to, to push him into it, I could maybe buy that. Mm. Um, or maybe even... Um, a la X-Men 1 when they turn Senator Kelly into a mutant like yeah. maybe some kind of energy burst from another mutant acti- yeah, okay. activates latent powers depending how they do it I could maybe buy those yeah. but I kind of I, I, I don't want to do it straight away if they could maybe explore a little bit more of just reads emo because they tend to explore the emotional side of things quite well in this yeah. show so far so I'd like to explore the fact that I mean, Reed finds out he was a mutant, then his father kills himself, well, well, not kills himself, but sacrifices himself using the, his mutant powers that Reed never knew about. Mm. Um, so I kind of want to spend some time him dealing with that. The fact that everything he's... He, he technically, in a way, was a villain, like in that in what he did, working for Sentinel Services, finding out his father worked for Trask, who have both done horrible things to mutants mm. for him now to find out he was a mutant. He has mutant children and stuff like that. I don't know. I'd kind of like to explore him feeling a little bit 
helpless and not yeah. having that power. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, so yeah, so as long as it's not like first episode of season two or the finale of season one, he kind of, you know, shows powers and stuff yeah. like that. Because we're only like four or five episodes away from the finale. There's I only, keep forgetting that it's, it's not only a long episodes. season. It's only 13 episodes, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I hope we spend a bit more time before they do, if they're going to do that. I want yeah. them to spend more time just sort of give... I don't want them to... <laughs> it's not an episode if I don't shit on the CW and the Blantyverse. <laughs> but it's like, I feel like that's something that, like, Arrow would skip over. Yeah. They would sk- they'd have one melodramatic speech to someone and then he'd have powers the next episode yeah, and, and a yeah. costume and a code name. Yeah. Whereas I feel like even though this show's only doing 13 episode arcs... Well, I will defend them from doing... They don't only do that. They either do do that or they spend way too long on it. There's no... There hasn't really been a happy medium in the, in the DCTV where... That if that was going to be a reveal, it would be like bang next scene, or we'll spend thirteen episodes making something happen where you're just like, mm. um, here's so- a leather costume on a dummy waiting for you when you're ready <laughs> to take your powers. <laughs> so yeah, I'd like to spend a bit of time with with Reed because we've already got all these fun, interesting characters with powers, mm. and we've also we're still experiencing things through Andy and Laura, them getting used to their powers, yeah. and and now that they have this combined Fenris power possibility and all that kind of stuff. Would it be too redundant to mm. then explore Reed suddenly exploring his powers as an adult, mainly because mutant powers is is usually, um, you know, analogous with puberty and discovering your sexuality and and it's it, you know it's a mm. it's a stopgap it's a it's a placeholder for those kind of things. Yeah, but then in a way, I suppose you know you think about you know people in their 40s and 50s finally coming out as gay very yeah. late in life. So maybe they could play on that kind of vibe with it. You know, it's, it's Reed's coming out yeah, <laughs> in yeah. a way as <laughs> a, as a, as an, you know, a grown man with a wife and kids and that sort of stuff. So yeah, maybe it could work. How do their powers generally unique to them in the way that they do manifest? Like I, I'm saying this through only really having known the X-Men through the films. And again, I'm more than comfortable with the films changing things up to suit you know, a two, two and a half hour storytelling uh, format. But the first one that comes to my mind is, unfortunately, X-Men Origins Wolverine. But you had Ooh, a young... You uh, started low. James Howlett, is that his name? Um, young young, young Wolverine. Oh, anyway. Howlett, yeah. Howlett, yeah. yeah. Uh, young James Howlett, he's very sick. Like, he's got the mass fever in the mid-1800s. And then through watching his father get killed, obviously emotional trauma, uh, he's at the right age that's when his mutation presents itself mm. and he has the healing ability like that's his number one power is his healing ability but he was sick at the time so it's almost like when it manifests what did his body need at that particular moment was to make itself better and there are a couple of other situations where i mean in, in a way similar to the first x-men you mentioned the um, senator kelly he was like fell into the ocean after his mutation became obvious and he was you know, he had gills and all kinds of shit. Like he was essentially some kind of sea monster that mm. reformed itself into a human form. So it's almost like the mutation, when it becomes present, it sorta is what you need it to be at that particular moment. Um, I think I think those are some specific kind of yeah. circumstances. It like I can't see Storm needing to control the weather and that's right, why yeah, hers. That's you know. right. Yeah, it's not normally as I always took it with X Men Origins Wolverine. The reason James was so sick is because he had no immune system 
because his immune system was tied to his powers. So until his powers activated right. and he was able to heal himself and have that great immune system, he was always sick. Yeah, so, I, cool. so rather than a cause, then an effect, yeah. I always saw it as an effect because of the cause, yeah. kind of vice versa type thing. Yeah, okay. Um, Senator Kelly, yeah, that's that's a tough one. Um, I always sort of saw it as they exposed him to the X gene and he it was he was kind of open to anything that was... But he kind of broke down, mm. kind of... but. He then did turn to water and he did have the gills and stuff like that. So that could have been, you know, he could have been almost yeah. like an early version of, remember, um, Darwin from First Class where he could ad- adapt to any situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Senator Kelly could have been a, a, a version of that. But, yeah, it could is that because he fell into the water? Because, remember, he already was kind of like, remember he squeezed through the bars? Yeah, that's the, and it, that's that, how that he fell before, through. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so it could have been a situation of falling into the water and mm. needing the gills to survive and, and that was his his body adapting to it because mm. he had was his X gene was activated or was it, if he was going to be a mutant, that was always going to be his power. Mm. That's one of those things that you'll never, you'll never kind of know. Yeah. Now you talk about fresh takes. What I did like about when uh, we meet Reed's father was that he's like, Hey, um, yeah, yeah. By the way, I ran out on you and your mum. It was for your own good. And you hear that a lot from those type of characters. Like oh, I abandoned you or I, you know, dubbed you into, you know, the, 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 the feds or whatever. It's for your own good. It's to protect you. And in the end, it actually was to protect him. And he, he didn't get into Trask Industries because he hated someone in his family that had mutant powers. It was because his father and his auntie were dangerous people. And he's yeah. like, shit, man, if if other people like this are going to act in this way, I, I actually need to, to stop this to save humanity. Like, he didn't go at it because he was for all intents and purposes, racist or speciesist against uh, against mutants. He was doing it because he saw what people... And maybe there were nice people to begin with, but they got their minds essentially got mutated with, uh, with power. And uh, he was trying to prevent that. So I like that what he said was actually true. It wasn't like, oh, I did these for all the right reasons. And then in the end, it's like, ha-ha, I've called, you know, Dr. Shepard on you and uh, and I'm actually evil. I've been working for Trust this whole time as, yeah. a, as a sleeper agent. And he, he was the guy that he said he was. And even though we only knew him for less than an episode, there was this element. Of, and maybe it's, again, this father-son stuff that I've been, you know, a, a complete slave to since <laughs> I became a dad myself five years ago. The idea that after 20 years apart, they finally see each other again and or longer. Well, you said it was 20 years. It was since before yeah. his kids were born. Yeah. That they uh, haven't seen each other. They get back together. They, they, they come to an understanding. And then his dad sacrifices himself mm. um, to, to save And gives lots of really nice exposition as he's sacrificing yeah. himself, which is really handy for us as mm. the watcher. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> so I like that. Yeah, it all happened. I actually felt some emotional connection to that dad. And I felt yeah. something in his loss, in that sacrifice. So that's well done. Because considering it's a character we'd known for 20 minutes, um, yeah. I, th- I thought that was played off really well. And, you know, I, I like that. That actor too. I've seen him a bunch of stuff since. Yes, pretty yeah. much my whole life. So uh, it was good to see him and That's a wonderful, it. wonderful white mullet as well that he had. <laughs> almost an old man mullet that was pretty cool. And it's I did like too that his power was almost like a tie-in to the Fenris power because mm. it's like when they put their hands together at the start, like the in the Germany or whatever in England in 1940, whatever yeah. it was, their hands kind of had that little bit of glowy thing going on, and then he was able to create this kind of glowy ball. But then you look at Andy and Laura, and there's no light effect attached to either of their powers. No. Well, she has kind of like those weird, like water droplet shield. Yeah. She calls them shields, which I find is weird. Mm. Um, and then Andy's power is, I always thought it was telekinetic because he kind of just rips stuff apart. Mm. So there's no kind of special effect with that. 
So, um, so yeah, if, going back to what we're saying about Reed, I wonder if you know they gave Reed a power whether he would have kind of a lighty. Yeah, well, I guess it's gonna. I mean, well, we, we don't know what the the twins are gonna be like at this stage. I mean, obviously, grandfather was worried that his grandkids are uh, are gonna be Fenris two point oh. So, yeah. I guess if we see them this next episode or before the end of the season that they too, once they get together, I mean, the fact that he goes, have they ever held hands? And I'm like, yeah. well, probably at some stage, but not recently because <laughs> not since they've activated they're, their they're teenage brother and sister. It doesn't happen that often. Yeah. Now, they're not twins, obviously. No, no, they're, there's about a two year difference between them from yeah. what I understand. Is that, would that be a case of convenience in a way that like, I guess the Fenris powers worked the way they did because they were twins. And you know, that, that X gene was part of, their their biological makeup in the womb and it, it was i mean even though they're not identical twins which would probably make more sense if they were identical but they had different powers but put them together and they become this you know yeah. megazord of powers um <laughs> megazord of powers I yeah like that. i guess we'll find out that even i don't know I, i'm just I'm yeah a bit i can't like it's a matter of convenience if these sister and brother that aren't twins oh well they hold hands because otherwise you'd have scott summers and um and what's his brother's name um, um havoc um yeah. oh god what's havoc's actual name that's gonna bug me well see the interesting thing with the with the summers brothers oh, okay i is, knew you were gonna knowledge bomb me I'm like, as I started making the point, I'm like, you have no idea. You're speaking out of your ass. No, well, they're different. Is they're actually supposed to have both the same powers in terms of because um, Scott has it coming out of his eyes and he can't control it. Yeah, have it can come out of kind of his hands and well, in the movie's body and stuff like that, and he can control it. When they um, uh, the, their whole thing with the, them being um orphans is they were very much like a Batman type thing where it was like they were in a plane. No, sorry, a Danny Rand thing. They were in a plane. The plane was going to crash. Their parents threw them out in a um parachute, <laughs> and Scott actually got brain damage uh when they landed, and that's why he can't control his powers. Right. But the cool thing that I was going to get to is they're actually immune from each other's powers. So if Scott fires his blasts at Havoc, Havoc is unaffected and vice Sick. versa. So they're, they're immune. Tra- it's like the ideal training partner. Right. Like go and spar with your brother and just like, especially Havoc, the way we see him in the movie, he's got like this lasso of energy and just like throwing it across the x Yeah, which is another reason I was so disappointed in, um, in Apocalypse. Yeah. But yeah, now I can't quite remember from the comics about the original Fenris and they didn't really show it at the start of this episode. But I don't know if the twins had individual powers, or whether they only had a power when they when they worked together and put their hands together. Yeah. Whereas obviously Andy and Laura have their own individual powers, mm, mm. so maybe it's a matter of combining their powers. Because it, it is kind of interesting if you think about it. Andy's power is to tear things apart, whereas Laura kind of has these shields that brings everything together. So they're almost like the antithesis of yeah, each other. Yeah. So that could be interesting to maybe sort of play on that yeah. um, if they do end up having some kind of um, way to combine their powers. Mm. By your powers combined, <laughs> I am. And it's sort of making me think, like, I, I know we've got Sentinel Services, I know we've got Trask and, and, you know, their respective agents and doctors and scientists and things. Like, while this show started, and in my eyes, the main characters were going to be Laura and Andy, and it's since become, like, the entire... Struck a family, and but then it's a really nice ensemble. It is, yeah, it really is. Like it doesn't ever focus on anyone in particular. But as far as that family goes, I've moved away from the kids being the main characters. If those kids somehow, and it's a bit too late to start to make them this, but if they somehow became in a way the big bad, like if they all of a sudden realized that they had these powers and then really came to 
Well, what's like that old saying about with them, you absolute know? power corrupts absolutely? Absolutely, so, yeah, yeah. So That's interesting. I don't know, it might be a bit thought. too late. Episode 8, you know, we've got, what, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. We've got five left after this. Look, the way that this show has been put together, especially the first five episodes, which you know how much I was in love with that, is like almost yeah. a five or... I think it became like a six-episode arc for me. Like, it just flowed on so well, like like a Netflix uh, series in a way. Um, they could do it. Um some other shows, I would, I would, I would highly doubt they could do it with, uh, you know, in the in the last third, essentially of the of the series. But mm. maybe they could. I don't necessarily want them to. But hey, we'll <laughs> see what happens. I do want to run you through before we have to finish up. I do want to run you through the B story in this, um, mm. in this episode. Uh, Blink and Johnny, who are becoming my like Bay. Like I really like. Yeah. I, Blink and Johnny. Oh, I've got man crush on Johnny. Like he's, oh, he's cool. I'm not even angry that he always has hair in his face. Usually that right? pisses me off, and I'm like that that whole get up, man. You've got like the kind of ponytail thing, the bun, and then the hair yeah, that just won't got, be tamed. He's got the cool tat. Yep. And like I was saying a few weeks ago, it's like even though they're like you know running for their lives, he's still got time to like just turn the sleeve oh, up just to yeah. show the guns off. Now I'm for like, anyone that's been I respect a long, that. yeah, anyone's been a long term listener of uh, of getting a gig, you and I especially, you you love because I guess you're new to it respectively uh, of my brother Link and. If we go and watch a particular show or a movie, there's one person that he just loves for, you know, some weird... Yeah, in a movie full of, like, people, like, toting guns, he'll go for the guy that's badass enough to go, I'm not going to have a gun, I'm going to have a sword, and I'm going to take out twice as many people. Or two daggers or something, you know? Like, that's his guy. I feel like if he watched The Gifted, Johnny would be his guy. Yeah. 100%. Well, look at his brother from... His younger brother in the Days of Future Past movie, Warpath, has all those similar powers to him. What does he have? He pulls out two vibranium daggers. Yeah. Vibranium or adamantium? There are the vibranium or adamantium yeah. daggers, like these big butterfly knives. That's his weapon of choice. Yeah. That's what he... Def, uh, Link would definitely love him. So, yeah. So, Blink and Johnny are combining their powers um, to take out that spy was great. It mm. reminded me of Days of Future Past, yep, where like yep, yep. she throws the portal, he jumps through it, it comes from like the top and comes down, yeah. like Blink and Colossus were doing. Uh, Andy being able to stand up to um, the big... Oh, yeah. The big guy... That right there is one of the reasons I love X-Men and Mutants so much because it takes away that it doesn't matter. It's it, it, it's like it's the visualization of don't judge a book by its cover. Mm. It's like this big, you know, huge guy, really intimidating looking, you know, feels like, you know, you can walk into a bar and just trash the entire place. Yeah. Backs down from this like fifteen-year-old scrawny little kid yeah. when he starts that big using guy. his power. As far as mutants go, like that big guy, his power could be creating flowers in his hands, right? You know, like manifesting, you know, fauna. Um, <laughs> there's a uh, guy. Uh, there's a guy that's one of in the in the cartoons, one of Mister Sinister's um, uh, sort of minions, and he's kind of like Beast in that he's um, like just big and and strong. Mm. But he has these giant eyelashes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that could be this guy's power is just to grow eyelashes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that could be his mutant power. So I love that Andy can sort of stand up to him. Like and that a, guy could be like, I oh, mean, I don't actually know what you're capable of. Yeah. And it's <laughs> and it kind of, it's like that whenever we in our own lives have ever felt powerless to like stand up to someone. Yeah. It's like, I love that. It gives me kind of, you know, I really, really like that. Yeah. Um, I was a bit bummed that uh, Johnny's friend died. Uh, the guy yeah. they were trying to save, yeah. um, whatever his name was, Pulse. Pulse. Yeah. Pulse. Like, I knew he wouldn't add to the show because I think that's too... Him being able to take out other mutants' powers and all that, and electronic stuff, that's too powerful for them. Mm. Like, in this show, it's it's going to make it too hard for them to struggle. So I always thought they would rescue him and then he would maybe go and lead his own 
other, yeah. you know, station. Of... Go to that other place that they stick people on yeah, the Yeah, because there's, there's a bunch of other, you know, little groups around. Maybe he'd go and lead another one. I did like, because Blink and Dreamer are obviously having their thing mm. with all that. I did like that really nice touch at the end where Blink was willing to go to Dreamer yeah. and ask that little girl to take away her bad memories. Oh, that, I that think was... that was a really nice yeah. little olive branch. Because, I mean, one, the f- fact that Blink never told that little girl that she was from that same place. Yeah. She just kept that quiet and then said, you know, she, she, yeah, she made the call that Dreamer did, well, with Johnny, did on her, did on Blink. She made the call to, well, no, it's better if you have this memory or don't have this memory. Mm. Uh, it's it's going to help you in the long run. And but this girl who just looked at her and said, okay, I don't know who you are, but you look friendly enough, you can help me out. Oh, by the way, just stand here and this chick's going to blow some stuff over your face and then it'll, you know, then you'll forget, you know. And I'm like, man, that's so sad. Like, that girl, yeah. now she's just not going to have a memory of ever having a family. Yeah. Like, they were the people that looked after her. And, and it's like, that could have been the memories that make her become quite a strong, powerful mutant yep. hero at yeah. some point, you know. Jeez, I've never heard of a ser- superhero coming from diversity before, you know, and, <laughs> and having a hard time. So it's like, um, yeah, I th- it was a nice olive branch to Dreamer, which I thought was good. Yeah. Uh, and the final thing that now I, I don't want to make a big deal out of it, but something I noticed was interesting. I'm not gonna, I'm not <laughs> gonna assume anything. Of course but not. But when they were rescuing all those people from the, um, from the church and the, yeah. the guys and look, it was obviously all about the speedster, um, mind wiped, you know, brainwashed person that they had to stop. Yeah. And then there was that blonde girl. Who said? Who mm. said? Oh, I'm a telepath. She's got some weird stuff going on in her head, mm. and that was kind of all you really saw of her. There wasn't a much. She kind of helped out later on. Yeah. Now she said her name was Esme. Yeah. Which I almost missed. I had to rewind it and go back. Yeah. I'm not going to give anything away from you, just in case they don't do it. Right. But that is a very interesting and distinct name that they could have chosen for what appears to be just a a one app one off character. Yeah. So I just want to, just here in the podcast, just <laughs> take a moment to just put a little... This one is little, what we call in DCTV a prediction. Just Yeah, one of those little sticky notes. I just want to put a sticky note on her forehead yep. and just say, watch this space. Okay, all right. Because they may or may not do something. Yeah. Because there's things missing that I wouldn't think would be missing. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll just see. Well, I said trying to be vague. (laughs) No, that's right. I'll take that. I'll move on to something that's not so vague, and I can try and, in my own head, stop asking questions about what you mean because I really want to find out now. But (laughs) I don't want to spoil it for myself. But I did say in our shield chat that there were two really cool little quotes, uh, little one-liners, one in each episode, and that one in in Shield was obviously it helped with a reveal at the end of the episode. But I I liked it for you know having it on a poster in my office or something when um. Deke's mum, and then later on, Simmons said, the steps you take don't need to be big. They just need to take you in the, wrong, in the right direction. And I'm like, oh, that's a, that's a really cool little mm. motivational little phrase. Yeah. But the other one that got me, um, and it's, it reminds me of, I know that oh, S.H.I.E.L.D. haven't really done it. I know that they, they have done one, and uh, it's more about the DC TV shows where they take subtle or not so subtle and intentionally not subtle digs at the Trump administration by saying certain things Ooh, about, yeah. you know, whether it be his racism or the, the gun control or Im- anything really immigration, whatever, whatever's going on in America at that particular time, they will throw in a very, very clearly unsubtle uh, dig at him. And I felt like this was 
using obviously the the world where hate against mutants is the new racism um and i think it was johnny and whoever they were talking about as part of the group being dangerous and stuff and he said the new group from uh from the camp um from the from the where were they the oh, church. That they rescued from the uh, church yeah, uh, new group uh, from the church that we don't turn our back on desperate people just because one of them might be dangerous how good like, was that line? Oh, Johnny, this is why you're my boy. Like, right? Just knowledge bomb. That's yeah. like an Obama knowledge bomb. Just yeah. bang. This is something I want to almost ring up, you know, one of those old fuddy-duddy white men on ABC radio and stuff <laughs> that sit there and talk about the problem with the Muslims and the, the, this is the problem with these sort of people. And I'm like, mate, 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 don't judge. Just send them all back to where they came from. Yeah. It's all right. Like, who would we... How, God, who would we be if we started judging an entire group of people based on one of their actions? Like, right. I know we, we find ourselves in that conveniently not uh i mean you and i can speak as white men well we don't do that with white people do we oh hell no god because otherwise we'd be the most hated people in the world with some of the things that us go us people get away with but like i just found that such a great line yeah. obviously it works you can get away with saying it's just a mutation thing it works in the world of x-men but again when this episode would have come out and all the shit that's going on in america and the reasoning given to you by the government or certain agencies that work for that government or that have to explain it or the media or anything like that it's like no 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 we shouldn't as people of course we shouldn't we can't progress as a race if we judge an entire race or species according to one action by mm. one individual it just it it mm. it's it's I, don't know, I just thought it was a great line. Ironically, though, every time a priest does something that he's not supposed to with a, you know, yes. young child, that's fine. No, that's you know that that does that's not indicative of the entire Catholic or Christian faith. Of course not. No, of course yeah. not. No, <laughs> that's the thing. And no. people say that, and I'm happy to go along with a bit of the joke. But yeah, you're right. Like we shouldn't, but. You know, you can understand why certain people have that argument, but I think as as people, we can't do that. But then again, you know what? If you're into this show, you probably think that way anyway. You're with us. You, that's it. You know, you, you, you're forward thinking. That's what's so great about sci-fi lovers. We get caught up fighting with each other, but hopefully for the right reasons. So I I thought that was really cool. So again, yeah, another uh, another cool little solid episode. And yeah, this is the idea. You've just reminded me. We've only got five episodes left now. I keep getting yeah. caught up thinking it's like S.H.I.E.L.D. And, and I it, think from what I've seen, like because I've looked at the, the headings and stuff ahead, I think 12 and 13 are actually kind of like a two-parter. Oh, shit, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Ooh, That might have to be a whole podcast by itself. <laughs> All right, well, that's uh, episode eight of uh, Gifted and episode 13 of S.H.I.E.L.D., the uh, the Marvel TV podcast that we're going to be calling The Von Struckers. Uh, until next week, you can check out all of our old podcasts, Marvel TV, DC TV, movie reviews, trailer reviews, news reviews, all the stuff, all the use on our podcasting channel to search Get Into Geek, depending on how you're listening to us. Otherwise, find us on the socials, like, subscribe, share, all that sort of stuff. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, search and get into geek. Myself, let's talk some of this crap online. Twitter and Instagram, Mitch underscore Lewis. Maddie? Uh, at High Pitch Maddie on the things. And you can join us back for our next week's worth of Marvel TV on our next podcast. Maddie, I'll talk to you then. Okay, bye. See you, buddy. Get into geek.